I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This podcast in LA is being recorded on Keech, Shumash, and Tongva land. We pay our respects to the traditional custodians of this country, to the elders past and present, and we'd like to extend our respects to any First Nations people listening to the pod today. Salad or Dolly, through a great party, we all drank Bacardi, it got kind of gnarly. We're light as a feather, we're tougher than leather. Together we're weirder, we're weirder together. We could have been anything that we wanted to be. We're the best at being bad. That's us, that's weirder together. We are the best at being bad. Bugsy Malone, yo. Um, I remember when they were replaying it on TV. Did you have a TV guide in Australia? Do you have a TV guide? We had an excerpt from the newspaper that had the television for the week in it. We didn't have a, I don't think we had, oh no, we had TV week magazine. It was major. And I remember Bugsy Malone was playing again on TV and I was so excited. Did you have a crush on Scott Bayo? I did from that and Fox's. I think it was from Bugsy Malone, and then he was in Foxes. Deeply crushable dude. The Cheeks. Oh, he was great. And then he was like such a kind of Republican womanizer. But, you know. I didn't know. Was he a womanizer? Oh, that's right. He oh, was. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. you know, he was so, so, so cute. Hey, look, he, he could have been anything that he wanted to be. And he's <laughs> the best of being bad. He was great. And then I ended up uh, working with uh, Dexter Fletcher, who was in that. Oh, get baby right. face, get baby face, get baby face. What oh, he's am the I one who says, I am baby what face. What am I saying? I am baby face. Mm. Um, yeah, he uh, is now a big time director. That's right. He directed Rocket Man. Rocket Man. He was mm. a child actor and he's very nice. I thought he, I think I said this before, but someone told me he was renting nearby and and i but i i never saw him in the neighborhood but you left a note in the mailbox which if it wasn't if dexter fletcher isn't living there you've thoroughly in my my fantasy his wife saw the note and was like no way oh so you like being perceived as a threat like 30 years later to your coaster do you know what it is when we worked together we had thousands and thousands of love scenes in the rachel papers thousands it felt like it it felt like it but i felt safe i love damien harris the director this was way before intimacy coordinators you just went at it if there was a love scene they just said did they even close the set yeah yeah sure i mean listen if i like the job and i you know this sounds sort of not cliche but you hear this like if it's a good film and if it's part of the story blah 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 but in this case i felt like you know i felt really good about it i love the project but his girlfriend was like from like uh she was like Cockney. He's sort of Cockney. She was really, not that all Cockney people are tough. She w- looked like a model, but was like beat people up. I'm style. picturing like that actress from um, what's the soccer show with Jason Sudeikis. Oh, right. The blonde actress. Is she kind of like that? Was she like She that? was actually like brunette and just like a stunning model. Like, But like I was scared when she was visiting on the set. Best at being bad. Yeah. It's like she's going to punch me out. But we, Dexter and I, were just mates. Yeah, yeah. But I am curious because back then, 
when you like now when you have a love scene they choreograph it it's like ballet basically yeah yeah back then they just went go at it yeah like i remember even in rage and placid lake when i asked tony mcnamara before me and rose's like big kiss i was like so what's the vibe of it and i was sort of looking for a little direction because i'd never done a kissing scene or anything and he went well it ain't chased and I was like, oh, man, okay. So you nice. just want me to be a horny guy kissing. Uh, it would okay. be harder for a man because women can hide their arousal. Mm. But I do remember my, my toes and feet are nice, but I remember the director was like, should we get her um, fake nails on her toes? Because mm. there was like a shot that panned from my feet. And I was like, fake nails on my toes. Whoa. Like long nails? No, I don't know what he thought. Like, I think he just was like a man and didn't understand. He was like, because the shot, I mean, my feet looked fine, but. I yeah, what know. kind of grubby hoofs were you taking no, into this? No, they weren't. Love scene? I do have nice nails. <laughs> they were not grubby. So we had 4th of July. So right after the Cub Sport pod, right after we rolled it into a barbecue. And it was like probably our most queer party to date. Yeah, unintentionally, just happened to be... Yeah, it happened to yeah. be super, super queer. In fact, so there was one guy there who was very, like, sausage party type looking guy. Wait, so what do you mean? You're saying... Like someone sausage, who would like, be in, like, Hartwell's Club. Like, just like oh, a Oh, just dude. like a frat boy dude. Yeah. Just like a regular dude. And it's so funny because he's... We used to call them men. <laughs> but at this party, he stood out. Normally, it would, wouldn't stand up. At this party, I almost felt concerned like not concerned but protective of him no tats no bleached hair i know our friends we were sitting by the pool and our legs were out me and my friend jamie and jesse and this guy spencer and they were like god i feel left out i don't have leg tattoos and i was like we should have passed out temporary tattoos at the door for our legs i know leg tattoos are the new arm tattoos it's anarchist leg tattoos queer. Yes, that's right. And communists. I mean, that's uh, what yeah. I mean. Communists. <laughs> Wait, you're saying leg tattoo? What did you say? Anarchist. I said anarchist, but now it's they more communist. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So the. Hey, look, I would say most young people I meet now are. And vegans. Non binary vegan communists. And they're, they, they're pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Pro science. <laughs> so that was pretty fun. That was actually really. That was good. We ended up having a good jam. I didn't realize. I just saw a video that Cub Sport placed on instagram that had some footage from the jam we had that night and i was singing closing time by semisonic you don't remember no i don't remember i do i mean when i no, maybe heard it you I, was weren't, like, I, I think you were walking around someone else. oh no you were singing closing time i got it right here until it was closing time Epic song. I love that tune. Yeah. Who sings that again? Dan Wilson's song, who you've met, who's a semi-sonic, Minneapolis guy. He ended up writing a lot of Adele songs oh, and nice. you know, Taylor Swift and stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, so that was, but I had a bit of an exciting songwriting week too, where these tunes that I'd written 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. So I wrote them for this, there was going to be a Archie musical on Broadway. This yeah. was over a decade ago. And me and Mikey Wells, we pitched a few songs for it, and the musical never ended up happening. But then a couple months back, I get this email from the creators of the show Riverdale, and they said they're doing a musical episode this season, and can they use the songs? And so from the dustbin of history, like Phoenix is rising, these tunes come and they reemerge, and we sat and watched it, and it was so cool watching them fully realized i know and they didn't change because the fear sometimes if you you know a show takes some of your songs or something they're going to change it a lot but the 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 what's it called the 
organization. No, the um, arrangement, arrangement, production. production. It was all really good. And I love Archie comics, like from when I was a kid. So when you were writing songs for this potential Archie musical, I was so excited. And I get very attached to the musicals that you write. That, <laughs> that have never been put on. Me too. <laughs> but it's so, also it's so satisfying seeing, you know, this like production of, you know, these actors and this sort of TV production behind your songs. Because totally. when, when we make music videos, it's a, the production is, you know, it's music video-ish. Whereas this was very tv and as keen listeners of this podcast, The Beautiful Babies will be familiar with my, you know, the iconic nature of my lesbian credibility has just been growing over the, you know, the last- You can't deny it. You can't deny it. And here I am, my song, Universe Inside, soundtracking Betty and Veronica's passionate kiss. I know. It I was... mean, put me on a float at the Mardi Gras. I'm ready to roll. <laughs> What else happened this week? What else did we get? We ran to? into some real life beautiful babies who are podcast listeners. We, that we did yeah. too. So we were at Zebulon for our friend Johanna Samuel's record launch. She made a beautiful record that, um, yeah, people should check out. And we were next door at Salazar, yeah, getting a little food before. And these two people came up to us. They said, "I know we love the pod. We're friends of William Tyler. We're beautiful babies." I love that. It made me very happy. I know it was kind of amazing. It's like I still because it does feel a little bit like it's such a closed loop. The experience of recording these things, yeah, that it's funny. I should be. I mean, I look at the data and I can see the numbers of people listening to it. But when I put an actual face to a number and I meet a human being that listens to the pod, I'm I'm always blown away. I know. I I feel bad because I ruined your night last night. I mean, oh. I felt really bad. We went out to see uh, uh, Whitmer Thomas. Yeah, at Permanent Records. That he's was... working on new material before his London show. Yeah. That was so... Firstly, let's just talk about Whitmer's show. Well, I love... He had everyone standing, which was so fun because he does a lot of music too. You know, Whitmer Thomas, if you don't know, is this amazing comedian and musician. But he's very cool. and the And so it was fun everyone was standing and the music is so good and the show is so and so good. funny like the songs are still funny yeah yeah but like equally good music yeah the first one was what was it called i'm gonna try really hard yeah <laughs> try yeah. hard um and it was just great and then we had a fun night you know we we're going out so much carrick was there off menu andy yeah uh, and then a few, few local characters yeah and then that cute girl you were talking mandy to. the poet yes um <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's so funny i'm such a like i'm such a person who has lived through the decline of the music industry that my first question for her was about like income and raising money i was like do you have a patreon how do you support yourself as a poet i know yeah Anyway. worried about everybody yeah. but um so yeah so that was really cool and we seem to just spend all our time on the east side going out these days which is really fun but then i started feeling like weird after oh, well let's retreat what happened yesterday i mean it was a huge day I turned in my first chapter for my memoir. Damn. Yeah. And Chronological. So, so starting at the beginning. Yeah. This is some key years you're covering in the first chapter. Yeah. So wow. it. So I don't know if that, it's, it's, like, it's funny because I'm so analytical, but it just, when things are sort of on the nose, like, of course you're nervous about that. I'm, I'm just like, why? Why would I be? Like, I, I don't know. I just have no patience with myself. So I kind of was having like a like a panic attack. You I did. Guess. It sort of hit. It was delayed. Like it's, it's like delayed. you sent the chapter in. You approved it. You were like, okay, send it to the publisher. Yeah, it was like down the hatch. And then like two hours later. Two hours later, sadly, like in between the fun show, and we're about to go to Beck's birthday party. 
you're going to get a quick bite in Koreatown. And then I just started feeling awful. Yeah, you. it was almost like, it was like a chemical reaction. Like something came over you and you just started flipping I just started out. feeling bad. And I didn't know what was going on exactly. And then simultaneously, you and our daughter were having a text that was sort of like a fight on the text, our 13-year-old. And then I just was like trying to gear up. And then we you, we came home, but you were sort of pissed because you and, and Goldie were having a funny text fight. And then... I, I was like, you just go, you just go, take an Uber home. Yeah, but I was already come back half an hour and I was in a bad mood. So I didn't want to go back to the party. Well, we weren't, we were still right near the party. You could have, but. I was just saying when we got home. Oh, but yeah. I meant I could have dropped. We were at the party. You could have just eaten on your own. The whole thing had gone sour. south. It was sour yeah, and you south. Were, you were codependent with me or something. Well, I wanted to go with you. I like going oh, to parties with I, you. So we're sweet. each other's wingman. I know. And then we got home and I were like, was weeping. Like, I'm so sorry I ruined your night. <laughs> no, it was so funny because I really wanted to go to the party. But if we couldn't, I wanted to forget about it. I know. And just go to bed. And like, and you kept wanting to talk about how Ugh, bad you felt. I can't felt. even talk about it and, now. No, but what was so funny was about it was at one point, right as I was relaxing, about to fall asleep you started crying saying how sad it was i wasn't at the party <laughs> and i was like i don't want to keep talking about this party that we're not at can <laughs> we please just go to bed to go to beck's party <laughs> no because beck i've known for 30 years but we've only just you know sort of re as friends like as adult friends because yeah. i was a kid he was an yeah. adult you know so i was yeah i'm just anyway oh, whatever wait. he was an adult when you were a kid. well he was like in his m- mid late 20s and i was right, a teenager right. you know i so, didn't think about that now i feel even worse <laughs> um but i just felt so sad like i ruined your fun time no you let me tell you overall i would say if you take the average my life is more fun because i met you That's on a nice. day-to-day level my yeah, life is yeah, more yeah. fun with you yeah if you ruin the odd night out with a bit of anxiety, I can take it on the chin. Yeah. I mean, I obviously, I was going through something and, you know, that's what, you know, partnership is, I guess, sometimes. I know. I liked how you sort of passive aggressively at one point. I was like, I just want to like go to bed and not talk about it. You were like, yeah, like not support your wife while she's having an anxiety attack. And I was like, okay. I know. <laughs> well, you're more... You just sort of like hunker down when you're having a hard time, which is a good thing, you know? It's just from years of touring. I think when you're on tour and you're stressed, you just shut down. It's like you become a robot. Lou Barlow's talked about this too. I think it's a pretty common thing. Also at the indie rock level where touring is not super comfortable, you almost have to shut down your emotional and physical needs and just get the job done. Actors are more like massages and you help each other out on the set. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? You <laughs> yeah, know that do, trope do, about actors. Yeah, actors want to talk about their feelings and be um, massaged. But yeah, I, I totally get it. Yeah, I, I'm very empathetic, so I feel it anyway. Yeah. So Look, that's the thing. I'd rather you, because I feel it anyway when you're feeling bad, which is not that often because you're a pretty like even-keeled person. But uh if you hunker down, I feel it anyway, but then I'm like, I feel like like I'm not, like I'm being shut out. Yeah, I don't want to shut you up, babe. No, I know. Together we're weirder, we're weirder together. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, we also had a great night going to Jason Walliner's night at Dynasty Typewriter. The beautiful babies will recognize we talked about going to Jason Walliner's party and meeting his AI cowboy robot, Dale. Dale. And this evening was, it was sort of excerpts from all of these shows that never got aired from like Human Giant and Borat and all these things. But then it was also Dale was kind of the, the AI robot cowboy was moderating the evening. He introed it. And then at the end, Dale and Jason sat on stage and answered questions. And people had to, if they had a question, they had to address it either to Jason or Dale. Yes. Because Dale only responds to his name. So, and, and most, so Jason Walliner really wanted everyone to ask Dale questions, but Jason, people are curious about Jason and he ended up being so charismatic and such a funny answer or, or. Yeah, he's very smart, very funny. And we, I think we do, I want to have Dale on the podcast, Yeah, but I think we have to do it when we've got cameras like filming the whole thing because it's like, he gives long winded answers. These are not one minute and it's visual. You have to watch him. Yeah. You know, so. I love Dale. I could have watched Dale forever. The animatronic Dale. Cause he's crude. He's not like <laughs> yeah. it's crude, not in language. Cause he never swears, but he just is crude looking. It's not like this perfect robot that looks real. And it's just cozy. Reminds me of the seventies, but we came in a little late. We didn't realize we thought doors open at 7.30, but actually show started at 7.30. And we run in. There's only two, three seats left. And it's Nathan Fielder. Oh, they're next to him. Yeah. And then, so we sit down next to him and there's- And Nathan Fielder was like, he, he was deeply incognito. This was his audience. Like if he's ever going to get harassed anywhere, it's going to be at a Jason Wallen. Sure. And then, I, so I sit next to him and he says, I think someone's going to sit here. And then we scooch over because there was three seats next to him against the wall. So we scooch over and there's a seat in between us, fine. And I said to Ben, I think he just wants, you know, like like a Larry David or something. Or it was personal. He just didn't want you sitting next to him. And I'm like, he probably just doesn't want anyone. But then, sure enough, someone was coming in to sit next to him. So there you go. The ultimate prankster Paran- was Ernest. Paranoia, big destroyer. Oh, yeah. What's that from? Paranoia, big destroyer. That's going to be my leg tattoo. Oh, yeah, that's Nothing. a good idea. You know what I was thinking about when you were talking about Dale doesn't swear um, and how it felt he has a cozy, nostalgic thing? We were listening to, I don't know what Goldie had on in the car. Was it like Baby Keem or something like that? And I was actually imagining like your grandmother or my grandmother if they were driving along with us and we put on a song that went, bitch, sit on my face, I attack that. Like it, it's deeply kind of kinky and crude. But it's not really like he wants to like, you know, a woman to sit on his face. And and he's going to just attack that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's sweet. I mean, listen, it's like they're sort of claiming, people are, I don't know how I feel about the bitch word, but it's like, it's like (laughs) turning into more of a claiming word. It's sort of changing. You know, I was just watching Abby Chatfield, Mm. uh, listening to Abby, or no, I saw on Instagram, and someone was like, you, "You, I wish you would be a better role model for women because you shouldn't just be a slut for young women. And I'm like, dude, she is a role model and that it's just a new time that women can shouldn't be slut shamed. So anyway, how this ties into <laughs> sit on my face, I attack that. As long as it's not against women yeah. and it's sort of pro 
women's bodies. You know, it's a fine line. But yes. I like that one where he goes, I don't know what song it is, but the one where he goes, you look like a little me. I want to fuck you. Like that is weird. That, that is like, imagine you see someone. A lot someone. of times people date people who look like them. Do they really? Like who? Well, I don't know. I heard that. People definitely get dogs that look like them. But, but didn't you, have you ever heard that? I, I've heard people that live together for a long time start dressing like sure, each other yeah. and looking well, like each other. you borrow each other's clothes. Yeah. But the idea that he meets a young woman or a young man, I'm not sure, who resembles him. And he's attracted, and it's but it's weird that it has to be a little me. Yeah, that's right. He doesn't. You don't. You look like a big me. I want to fuck you. <laughs> I think it just means you look like the female version of me. I want to fuck you. Like it's oh, sort of saying like diminutive. Well, it's more like I'm so into myself that if you look like a little me, nothing could turn me on more than doing it with myself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We also had a fun night out with our friends Alex Leahy and Gordy, Sophie, her real name, Gordy, her stage name. Um, we went to our new favorite haunts, Stir Crazy, ate those those little sandwiches, ate those little anchovies on toast. I like the celery salad. I like the celery salad too. I like the orange organic wine. And then who do we see sitting outside? Troy Sivan, fresh off the idol everyone's current obsession looking great making the scene stir yeah. crazy and then he said you guys are like an australian music mafia meeting inside stir crazy we were and i like that i'm not australian but we actually you're like a- my consigliere oh consigliere are we actually- isn't that like a lieutenant or what is that I want to look that up. We actually were, um, we were ended up talking a lot about the business, which was funny. Like the whole time, it was like a we're turning into real like tycoons talking about business. A consigliere is a person who serves as an advisor or a counselor to the leader of a criminal organization. He's the advisor. <laughs> yeah, it's you. You're the advisor. I'm the advisor to your <laughs> to the Australian music well, criminal we were, enterprise. <laughs> it's so funny because. I feel like I spent my 20s like smoking a bong with Zoe Cassavetes and talking about what we wanted to do. And now I'm not saying we're like, we've made it in any sense, but we sort of like, we're t- I was like talking about business like grownups. Well, we so actually funny. are doing the things we that we always talked about. I think that's the thing too, when you get older and you kind of get like, oh, I actually have to do the things, not just have fantasies about them. But, I mean, that- you and I came out of the gate kind of strong, like we were, we, we're working a lot when we're that's young true. but that's true but uh you have to kind of reinvent certain things finagle it finagle yeah. it as you get older mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's some yiddish i like it is that Pep- yiddish yeah. finagle. pepper in with some yiddish yeah do you remember fivish finkel who is that fivish finkel was an actor he was one of the only like big yiddish names in hollywood he was on picket fences uh this is him I remember Schmendrick the Magician <laughs> from... Uh... That was Fivo Schwinkel. He was an American actor, started in the Yiddish theater, but really came to prominence on uh, Picket Fences. And he won an Emmy Award for Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Drama Series in 1994. Shout out to the Yiddish theater. Shout out Fivo Because my grandma was... Uh, her dad, my great-grandpa, was the manager of a big Yiddish theater... And Joanna Sternberg and I were bonding over that. Straight up. Um, remember Schmendrick the Magician? From, For sure. What was that from? Was that from, cartoon? Uh, the Last Unicorn? Yes. Now, what's the story with The Last Unicorn? Because I first encountered that when we started dating. Kate was four years old. I know. And it was one of her favorite movies. And I was like, I've never heard of this film. I had never heard of it. It wasn't like, um, you know, 
uh, I'm really rosy or the point or like so many things that I watched when I was a kid and then I rediscovered it when I was older. But didn't Jerry Beckley from America have something to do with the no, soundtrack? No, the yeah, soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. And it was Mia Farrow and Jeff, um, who's Jeff? Ugh, who's the, the famous? The drunk? <laughs> <laughs> who's... um. Uh, Jeff Goldblum. No, from uh, uh, fuck. Jeff Tremaine. Um, Jeff Bridges. Yes. Jeff Bridges. Yeah. Okay. Why? Take out all that what? me forgetting Jeff Bridges' name, please. <laughs> That's okay. Um, yeah, and it was uh, a cartoon from the late seventies or mm-hmm. something, and it was about the last unicorn. It was a cartoon, but I never. I think it was. I just missed it. You know, there's certain weird things you just miss or totally. just wasn't in my, it w- I would have been the right generation. but And was it hearkening back to a time where unicorns populated the earth and this was the, the this last one? This was the one? last one. Wow. A lot of pressure. I know. Yeah. And she, uh, it was, you know, it had a funny tone to it, but it was comforting, the tone. It was like slow TV, like slow moving. But and, and one of the key characters was Schmendrick. Schmendrick the magician. Yeah. What does Schmendrick mean? It's just like. Like a schlamazel, yeah. a dick. <laughs> Every yeah. Yiddish word means dick. Every Yiddish word means penis. I didn't. I sing a song in the bath yesterday. I forget. I'd had a couple of drinks, and I was making up a. I'm a bloke who likes to have a bath. I'm a bath, and oh, I was yeah. like, I came Where up with a jingle. I? You were sitting in that bath with me, telling me it's not a good jingle. You're like, <laughs> don't go into jingle writing. <laughs> but I don't remember what it was. It was like, oh, it was something that like was hard <laughs> to say, like the rural juror. Like it was something that was just like, <laughs> I'm a bathing bloke or something. Something yeah. that doesn't. Yeah. It's the opposite of flowing off your tongue. I'm just scared that I forgot that we had a bath yesterday. I'm scared. We, I forgot we had a bath in our house. <laughs> <laughs> was it the big bath or the little? It was bath? the big bath. Big as it gets. Oh, yeah. Though. I remember now. I remember I was sort of greedy. Not greedy, but impatient. And I got in before it was full. That's right. Yeah, because you ran the bath without the stopper Ugh, in it. I hate that. And the you got in through a real tantrum. Well, because the waste of the water and just the idea of... But the- there's something about a tantrum that you throw sitting nude in a one-inch bathtub that's just... You can't do... You can't take someone that seriously. It's not scary. No. I mean, I mean, no. Why yeah. am I scary? No, no. I'm just saying throwing yeah. a tantrum. It's no, like, I was just more like, oh my God. Tepid tantrum. I'm gl- uh, but, but listeners, beautiful babies... The bath was full and warm and hot even. So don't think that it never got there. It did. It just was <laughs> were, you that, worried, were you worried the beautiful baby well, was Well, if I was listening to yeah. that and thinking that we ended up sitting in an inch of With cold, me writing bad jingles. Cold water. Um, it was satisfying. It was fine. Oh, God. You guys can rest easy. Don't, don't carry <laughs> that with you into next week. Don't worry about us. So we are about to go to Mexico. For the week. Yeah. And going on a family trip. And we're actually going to record Friday's episode. All goes well, assuming there's a Wi-Fi connection and we can upload it and everything. We're going to record an episode in Mexico and upload that on Friday. I don't know if there's going to be a guest. There may be. We may bump into someone that warrants being. Oh, we oh. were talking about Rada Mitchell was saying she might be down there yeah, too. And she's if she's there, she could be the guest. But we'll see. See what happens. I loved high art. And I've never chatted to her. Yes, I just have. Re- not properly. Really? I saw her once at a party and a friend of mine was sort of chasing her and we came to the party and she was with someone else and it was like I just was viewing her through there, this bloke's eyes of this sort of evasive, you know, like slippery, hard to catch lady. 
I don't think that's far off, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she's she's super smart, and I don't know why I think like a beautiful actress is going to be. Listen to me, how horrible this sounds. Mm. They're not going to be interesting and intelligent. In, I'm like it's internalized misogyny. Oh, major! Do yeah. you hear that? Yeah. You know, I mean, if I see someone like June, June, uh, Diane Raphael, yeah, I think smart because she just presents that way mm. but that's the thing we have to learn how to like assume i mean in new york when i was uh, around all the models in the 90s there would be these young models sometimes at dinners and i would find myself like talking to the men or older people and not talking to them and i would make myself include them in the conversation yeah, what they call them baby models yeah yeah it's a and patronizing name too terrible. very condescending <laughs> Like baby prostitute from Alice doesn't live. Alice Is that what they called her? Doesn't live here anymore. No, Alice. Go ask Alice. Go ask Alice. Yeah. Remember that? Anonymous. But you know, I think it was written by a Mormon. Did you know that? Oh, that book was anonymous, really. Yeah. Well, it, yeah. But you can find out who wrote it. But I remember that was the first time I heard that term, BP, baby prostitute. Isn't that terrible? But in any case, back <laughs> to these dinners. Um, yeah, I would just think, give them the benefit of the doubt and include them in the conversation because I'm amazing <laughs> on that note beautiful babies uh, we will next speak to you from Mexico hope you're all having a great week you can drop us a voice note or a question or whatever at uh, weirdertogetherpod at gmail.com there is a great Jello Biafra's Renegade Roundtable came out yesterday about the Supreme Court in the US. It's Jello just doing a solo rant. Yeah. It's fantastic. That's important, that Supreme Court. Yep. Uh, Androgynous by me and Georgia Mac is out now. You it's can stream and it's, that. It's, it's really having a buzz. It's having a buzz. McDermott and North, the Hollywood EP that I produced on Weird Together. I is hope out you're now. having a good summer. You know, we don't travel that much sometimes. We we save pennies. We like to work. We pinch them even. We pinch pennies like Feivushfinkel. Like <laughs> <laughs> but wherever you are, whether you're traveling, we are taking a little trip, but it's not that extravagant. I don't know why I have to feel I have to say <laughs> you this. They're judging you. Guilt. No, but it's just us and the baby models. Wherever you are, whether you're staying home, whether you're traveling, I hope that you are not having an anxiety attack over delivering something and then feeling guilty that you ruined your husband's night. And we hope you all had a great time at Beck's birthday party. All right. See you later, beautiful <laughs> babies. Together we're weirder, we're weirder together. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.